the Let's Go Racing Family Podcast, sharing our love through NASCAR, running, and just racing through life. Hosted by Sebastian, Giovanni, Karen, Tony, and me, Johan. Each week, we'll talk about our view of the world through the lens of racing. And this week, we had a really fun race at Darlington. After all, NASCAR is back in the real world racing. And uh, we had Brad Kozlowski starting us on the pole. And to end the race, we had Kevin Harvick winning it. So, yeah, let's talk about this race. This is the first real race in over two months. The last race that we got to watch real cars on the track was March 8th. At Phoenix, you know who won that race? Joey Logano. Joey Logano. The points leader. The points leader. Although, we'll come back and talk about that in a little bit, but I don't think he was the points leader. At least we know he's not now. This face, this race felt weird in terms of the fact there were no fans there and not a lot of people. It just felt empty, like a ghost race. Yeah, it did feel it felt weird uh, because, again, there were no fans in the stands, but it also was cool to see the cars out on the track. And that that was cool to feel those real to hear those real sounds, to see those drivers driving those cars. Uh, You know, they even Kevin Harvick even mentioned at the end of the race, he thought it would be okay for the race until he got out and he did his burnout and did the final interview. And it was like stone cold quiet like he didn't hear anybody there because there were no there was no fans there's a handful of people there for the support of the track so absolutely it felt weird it looked a little weird you know watching from home i can only imagine being one of the handful of people that were there to see it uh what that felt like it was an eerie feeling to not see any fans however because we spent the last six weeks watching the iRacing even though there were people in the, you know, digital people in the stands, it was still quiet. So it was almost reminiscent of that. But of course, it was, you know, live. So it wasn't as to me. Yes, it was weird not seeing fans, but it wasn't like this big shock because we didn't go from like zero uh, from having fans to like having no fans. All of a sudden, they were still quiet races during the the eye racing. I'm 100 percent with you there. I felt the same thing that it was like. Uh, you know, it was weird, but it wasn't that much weirder than watching a virtual race the last six, seven weeks. So I'm just glad to have seen the cars back out there. And the other thing, too, it was a little it was definitely there were some weird things that happened in the race. We'll talk about that in a second. But like one of the things that I, I thought was telling was at the end of the race when they were interviewing Kevin Harvick, he even didn't know what to do. And even that actually they caught that on camera. So he had turned to Regan Smith and he's like taking his helmet off and he's like. I don't I don't know what I'm supposed to do, like without the mask and stuff. That was also a little different. So, yeah, it definitely had kind of a weird feel. But then the other idea is they literally we talked a little bit about this last last episode. There was no practice. There was no qualifying. They literally unloaded the cars and went racing. So these guys had essentially gone two plus months in the middle of the season with no racing. And then they got thrown out there. And I'll be surprised. Um, I actually, I was not surprised that there was a wreck on the first lap. To be honest, uh, you know who was that, Johan? Who who wrecked on the first lap? Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Were you surprised that he wrecked right there? And not so much because I'm not trying to like um put down drivers. I'm just saying they could um probably not driven for a while. They could have been 
probably doing bike rides, video games, and um, they could be just taking breaks and they forgot like what are the controls for the cars. Rookie probably forgot and thought and got um, a little confused and spun out. I, I don't know if it's exactly that, but I do think you make a very good point, Johan, that the fact is he hadn't driven a car competitively for two plus months. And then he got thrown out there and there and he was in the middle of the pack and he's trying to make his way. And that track is super narrow. So it's a hard track to drive. And he, just one little overcorrect and boom, you're into the side. There were a lot of drivers that were like that, that were very loose in turns. In fact, a bunch of the cautions and wrecks had were because of that. Like most famously, Johan's favorite driver, Jimmy Johnson, was leading the final lap of stage one. But he, something went wrong, and he got into the 17 and spun out and wrecked. I actually know what happened. Um, the 17 on coming off uh, turn one and two had to check up. Jamie um really didn't realize that the 17 went um down, hit Jimmy. That the 17 went up into the wall, saved it, went into Jimmy, and Jimmy started sliding, and he um Jimmy couldn't save it. Yeah, one of the reasons that the car that these cars were all loose is probably most likely because they didn't have a chance to practice. Normally, they get are able to get in the car prior to the race and practice, then qualifying, and they get a feel for the car. They get a feel for the track. They know where they need to go high, or where they need to go low, or you know, just the different feelings. And so, I think that the time that they spend in their races and qualifying getting a feel for the car, they spent the race doing that. Yeah. And so that was, that's that's why I think we saw, we, you know, for those of you who watched the race, you probably all noticed that there was a lot of slipping and sliding. You saw cars going up and wiggling and we're like, whoa, they're about to lose control, you know? And so I think it was that they were just, and the race took them, it took him the race to get used to to the car. And, And they all said it and we've all heard it. Darlington is not an easy track to drive. From from a racing standpoint, I mean, when we were playing the video game, remember we talked about this last week, how narrow that track is, and it's hard. There's a reason why there's the Darlington strike. So here's the question: They're racing again at Darlington on Wednesday. They are going to get in another car. They are going to get in another car, not the one that they drove yesterday. Is it? Is this car set up differently because it's going to be a night race? And are they once again going to have to get the fuel for that car during the race? Or because they already had the experience or the time yesterday to run, do they now have a better feel for the track, for the car? Or does that change because of the time of day for the races? I think the time of day changes how the track feels because the sun is higher up when they were racing racing yesterday. And it kind of was burning on the track, making it a little bit more difficult to drive around the track, causing some of these drivers to slide up more. And that's why I think we saw it. But if we do another night race, which uh, is on Wednesday, I think it's going to be a lot smoother because it's nighttime. You have less heat against the track and the drivers should be able to drive much smoother. And I think we could see a very competitive race so the cars, in other words, are not going to be as loose? It depends, right? So, yeah, I, to answer the question, yes, it'll be a slightly different setup. I think for the most part, there are certain things in the car that will be pretty, you know, they're going to pick up and they actually all learned. If you think about it, this first race was kind of a big practice session for all the teams. They're all going to share information. 
their car setups are going to be pretty close to what they arrived with this past Sunday on Wednesday. But you'll have to have the setup for a cooler start to a run versus a hot day where the tires are going to get slicker. They're going to, you know, stick to the track a little bit differently than they would at night. So absolutely, they're going to have a different setup than what they did. But it won't be that much different than what they arrived with on Sunday. Jimmy Johnson had a let's talk about that real quick. Jimmy Johnson, I thought, was showing something early in the race. Like he went up there, he took the lead and was he was leading. And the only reason he got wrecked was because of a lap car and the, the mix up with all that. And it is what it is. He had a good car. And the other Hendrick cars had done pretty well. The ones that didn't get messed uh, in a wreck. Who who actually did wreck out um, Bowman, right? He got no, no William Byron. William Byron. Oh, sorry, the 24 mixed them up. Bowman yeah. got second. Yeah, Bowman got second. It was Byron that got in a little bit of a wreck. But if not, he probably would have finished top five. In fact, they had a stat like Hendrick had two cars to finish in the top five in the first time in in years or something. So they had strong cars. I will. I'm not. I will not be surprised. I put my money on on Jimmy Johnson having a really strong race again. He's not happy. He was disappointed. I saw his Instagram post while the race was still going on. I watched his Instagram video. That man was dejected. He was. He's determined. He's going to do well. I would not be surprised if he finished top five or wins the race. I actually thought he was going to win yesterday. Yeah. They kept talking like they kept talking about him. Jeff Gordon kept talking about how he's won in that track and just his competitive nature and just watching him drive. I was like, oh, I think Jimmy Johnson's going to win today. Today, he definitely looked like he had a good car. And I think had he not wrecked out in stage one, I honestly think he could have won and given Kevin Harvick a run for his money because he seemed like he had a better car than Harvick. I definitely think so. I agree. And so I think, Johan, you may be in for a nice uh, Wednesday. And if not, I mean, then he goes to his home track in a couple weeks. Speaking of the Darlington Stripe and problems for the drivers, one of the things I enjoyed was that when they were getting the Darlington Stripe and going against the wall, some of the paper started to tear off and then it like fell onto the track and all the drivers had to keep missing it but then it got stuck on some drivers and then they had to get to the back so yeah so wait explain it that stripe was all over them the 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 stripe or the the decals and it was for blue emu they've been getting a lot of press lately good and bad they've been getting a lot of press so they should be very happy with their nascar sponsorships because they were all part of the whole bubba wallace thing and then they got another you know the sponsorship thing there so people were talking about it landon castle and then he had blue emu all over the back he was blue so they got a lot they got a lot of press and then this weekend they're the ones that are all part of this so even if they didn't say it we saw the blue emu uh logos and all of that kind of stuff so what was the driver they got the the first the wrapping got kind of stuck on his car and everyone was starting to get a little nervous as he was going around. I believe that was Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin, right? And then what happened? He uh, had to actually he was um instead of going down to pit, he actually did something really funny where he basically had Clint Boyer actually pass him and then went all the way up to his bumper and just rubbed it off and it went right under him. And I'm sure Boyer was kind of confused and uh, it actually went back. Um, under and then who car. did it hit? And um, it went like literally right under. Then it hit someone else's car. Whose uh, car did it hit? Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick. So he was just driving down the driving down that that uh that stretch. And then here bang. comes the thing, and the uh the the stuff gets right on his car. And I then actually, he didn't have a fast enough car to stay up with them to get it rubbed off, uh, like Hamlin did and and Boyer. I actually want to say so. Harvick went up into the wall. It went into Hamlin. Hamlin had um, Boyer pass him. 
He rubbed it, and then it went to Tyler Reddick, and then the caution came out. And then they took the caution out, yeah. Uh, I Because when we first saw that debris kind of flying on the track, I think you guys were asking, is that going to be a caution? I'm like, well, if it'll tear up the car, but it was just the um, the trash, basically. But they did call but a caution. They did call a caution to kind of get that cleaned up, because I guess it was a lot was coming off the wall. So anyway, that was kind of funny, uh, and uh, Hamlin and Boyer... Uh, we're in the middle of it all. And um, Boyer actually was doing well again. Another, he had a strong run. And I saw some tweets uh, that he talked about how he, they had a strong run and then just made some mistakes and faded uh, at the end. But I have high hope for Boyer. You know, I really do. I really hope that he can maybe make a nice little run and maybe get into the playoffs. And you never know. Uh, again, we talked a lot about Boyer the last few weeks and how well he did as a host slash driver for the iRacing. So I, I'm kind of a I've always been a, a fan of Boyers, but obviously a lot more now. So I'm really rooting for him. And it was nice to see him up there and, and to do well. And and, you know, I, I Hamlin's another one. I know it's funny. I'm going to say I'm going to get dirty looks from some of my kids here. Uh, I'm actually uh, you know what? Danny Hamlin's super competitive. I like seeing the best of the best. He was up there again. And I kind of like to see I like to see these good drivers do well, you know, and and uh, because honestly, if your driver is better, then he's going to pass him. You know, I'm not I don't want to root for a guy that I got to hope that another guy is going to have problems. I want my guy to go up race and pass him, you know, and and so I think. Uh, um, yeah, we, all the big guns were back up. In yeah, the front. they were they were all back up in front. No more of the. Uh, and, and, you know, it was a little sad. We saw I was like, where's Timmy Hill? Where's Timmy Hills getting lapped? And it's like, you know, that's the difference of good equipment. And, you know, and hopefully he can get up there and, and do some do some uh, good this year at some point. Timmy Hill actually qualified 38th and then finished uh, 33rd. OK, so he made up a few spots, but he was still laps down. How many laps did he finish down? Does it say it on there? I believe he finished two laps down, two laps down. OK. Two drivers that people were definitely watching were Ryan Newman, who has come back from his injury, and Matt Kenseth, who is replacing Kyle Larson in the 42 car. And they did pretty good. Yeah, they did. They both got top 15s. Ryan Newman, despite having a little bit of a hiccup, I think he he got in. Did he get into anybody or he just it was his own issue? I think he kind of lost it a little bit. And there was a caution. He caused yeah. a caution at one point in the race, but he finished 15. I was actually surprised to see that afterwards because I remember him doing pretty decent. And then I remember the, the little bit of wreck and the caution. And when I saw that he finished 15, I was like, well, that's, that's not bad with the wreck. So, you know, he could have maybe finished top 10 had that not happened. And then and then, yeah, Matt Kenseth. Matt Kenseth hadn't raced competitively at the cup level in over two years and he finished top 10. And so regardless of what some feelings may be. You got to tip your hat to what he did and to come out there and to do well. And it and and if anything, it just goes to show you the strength of a good program with good cars, because Kyle Larson is consistently doing top tens. He steps out. Matt Kenseth steps in. Boom. Top ten. Just automatic. So we'll see what that team does and what Kurt and Kyle uh, Kurt Bush has uh, the rest of the year. I'm sure these Matt Kenseth fans um were sad when he left the Cup Series, happy when he came in 2018, sad the next year. It's all um sad because the Matt Kansas fans really um have to choose a new guy. And then he comes back this year replacing Kyle Larson. 
Yeah. And then all they're like, yes, it's Matt Kenseth. I bet that's what the um, Matt Kenseth fans were like. Yeah, they were probably very excited to see their guy up in the top 10. So we'll see what he does. Another driver I was really proud of was John Henry Nemechek. He got ninth in his first cup race at Darlington. He's a rookie. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. How much you want to make a bet he was spending some extra time or spending some extra time in his uh, virtual car iRacing. Not going to lie, I think he was. It's a couple of weeks just to get himself ready for Darlington. Um, so then the last thing I, I wanted to mention about this race before we move on is the fact that, you know, we gl- glossed over it very quickly. Kevin Harvick won. You know, he had a really strong car. Mr. Where Did You Come From? Again, one of my favorite nicknames for any of the drivers out there. Win number 50. I was actually surprised to hear that figure when they said that over the, or, you know, that point when they said it during the broadcast. I didn't realize he had, had, I always knew he won, but 50 wins, that's a lot. It's, I mean, that's ties him for 12th all time, all time. And we already talked about this. He's a shoe in first ballot Hall of Famer. He's getting in. Again, he's the guy that took over for Dale Sr. when Dale was taken from us back in 2001. And I I forget, but it was maybe his third or fourth or fifth race behind the wheel when he wins in Atlanta, you know, and that 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 obviously was was a, a, a great moment for the sport of healing. And so to have all that pressure and to do as well as he's done when he left, I'm not going to lie, when he left Childress to go sign with Stuart Haas, I was a little surprised that he was doing it and I wasn't sure how that was going to turn out. Cause I thought they, you know, they have great cars over at children's and he went over there. And I, I think that was the year he won his championship was that first year with Stuart Haas or, or it, I, it was either first or second year there. So the point is that man can drive. That man can drive. And he has always going to be up there. He is going to be a perennial top five championship contender year after year. And he gets on these hot streaks like this. And it's amazing. He was he was doing really well. He is the he is the points leader, correct? He, I mean, he's definitely the points leader now. He won. Is this his first win this year? Yes. Okay, this is his first win. But he finished really high in the other races. Yeah, he's the only driver to have top tens in every race this year. Yes. And the fact that he's done that over a, a period of time where you lost two months that's a, that's a pretty big stat. He's gonna have a big year. So anyway, so a historic win for Kevin Harvick. So now we are going to be talking about the next two races that will happen in the coming week. First up, we're doing the second Darlington race, which will be the first ever 500-kilometer race. They've never used the kilometers for racing, right? Well, they have. It's very rare. And I was telling you guys, I think it's it's a marketing deal, right? The reason why they did it is because really the race is a 300-miler. But, you know, the Darlington or what do they call it? The Toyota 300 doesn't sound as good as the Toyota 500. It's just not 500 miles. It's 500K, which equals about 300 and so miles. But, yeah, it's the 500. I'm excited. It's a Wednesday night race. It's a a Wednesday night, 7 o'clock. We're excited to watch that. And and so it'll be interesting. It'll be under the lights. I actually think they're going to get a lot more television uh, numbers on Wednesday night than they would if on a Sunday. So I, I actually, I've always, I've always said this and and this is kind of something I started thinking about years ago. I think they should look at NASCAR should look at scheduling on a more regular basis, not every week, 
but maybe a few times a year, a weeknight race to bring in fans that they that might not normally watch races because they're only on Sundays or Saturday nights or Friday nights. Like, let's do some races during the week. And a Cup Series race, too. Because they will do, like, the truck. When they race Saturday night Bristol Cup Series, Friday night is Xfinity. They will race the trucks on Thursday night. So that's not unusual. But to do a Cup Series race on a Wednesday, on a, on a Wednesday night, I'm super excited. That's one of the more exciting things. And we get two of them back-to-back weeks. We get this Wednesday and the next Wednesday. I honestly don't agree with you that they should run like um, a few races during the week because kids have to go to school unless it's a summer. I'm, I'm sorry, you. That's I, coming. I mean, that's coming from the one who absolutely hates school. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also coming from the seven-year-old first grader, and I'm the dad. I guess I should be more responsible. So you're right, Johan. However, what if they do it during summer? Would that be okay with you? Yeah. Would you get excited for that? Unless there's one on my birthday. Unless there's one on your birthday? Well, it depends on when your birthday is, but yes. So you would watch it then if you didn't have school? Yep. All right. Well, guess what? You only have two more weeks of school, so you should be able to do it again. Yes. I'm not going to lie, but I think if he had had school that day and they had a midweek race, it'd be like, I'm sorry, I got to miss school. Yeah. NASCAR's happening. Yeah, well, I cannot I, miss this. Didn't was it this year's 500 that got rained? Or I'm I'm like, yeah, it got yeah, rained this, out. This this year's 500 and got somebody rained didn't out want, and somebody didn't want to go to school. <laughs> he didn't want to go to school. Asked me if I could pick him up earlier. I'm not going to point any fingers. The race. <laughs> We're all pointing at Johan. Uh, yeah. So well, there was actually a Dover race that got rained on the Sunday, uh-huh. and uh, Mom picked me up early from school so I could watch the Dover race. Oh, Mom just got dimed out. <laughs> on a, hopefully, uh, well, hopefully, uh, well, we don't have that many followers right now. Let's do it. So maybe we'll be okay on this one. But uh, yeah, I, hey, that's pretty cool. Did you say, Mom, that was pretty cool? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right. Hey, Dad, so how are they doing the lineup? For this race? Yeah, so we uh, we printed up the starting lineup for Wednesday's race. It's a little different. And I wonder, and honestly, I don't remember them talking about this during the broadcast, but it's a little interesting. So they essentially took the top 20 finishers. And um, so they took the top 20 finishers and then inverted them. So uh, Ryan Priest finishing 20th will start in row one with Ty Dillon on the pole and and what does that mean where then kevin harvick is starting where 20th 20th wow okay that was interesting i wonder if that was announced during the race i doubt it because i started thinking myself if i was racing and i was about 15th and i knew that this was happening what do you think i was gonna do (laughs) keep your position keep back no i would have dropped back to 20th oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) And then I'd be on the pole. So I don't know if they announced that beforehand. I, I just anyway, I thought I think it's interesting. And, you know, it's something different for this new and different season. And so, yeah, that's uh, and again, no practice, no qualifying your race with the setup you unload from the truck, which I think is is kind of crazy. So uh, to us, Gio, our guy, Joey Logano, will be starting in third, third place. Yeah, because he finished. 18th. 18th. Unfortunately. Which, so what's going to happen to the guys from 21 to... They're basically, wherever they finish, that is exactly where they're going to be starting. So, so Ricky, because Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Last. 
yes, nothing happens to him. Jimmy Johnson will start 37th, um, right in front of B.J. McLeod. Um, McLeod. McLeod. McLeod, because they wrecked out early and... Uh, they were out of the top 20. That's where they're going to start. Well, this should be fun because Jimmy Johnson, that means, is going to be starting 38th because he, oh, yeah, he's starting yeah, yeah, yeah. to the 38th. But it'll be interesting. Oh, to see him drive, drive through, the, him through it. Drive to the front. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be really interesting to watch him. He'll have a fast car to start. Okay. Again, again, depending on how the track feels on Wednesday night, I know that for Sunday's race, though, they did mention that there were certain guys who were able to move up. At one point, Joey Logano was like in 26th place and he made it as far as um, sixth place, I believe. Yeah. Is the highest that he got. So someone else got dropped back. Actually, was it your man, Kyle Bush? Where did he start and where did he finish? He finished in 26th and he was running like seventh. He was up there. Yeah. His tire got loose. So he had to go into pit and then lost a lap and then finished. In that position. But didn't he have a point where he fell back and then had to drive his way back up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I And, and honestly, that was another one of those kind of rusty things. I think the pit crew guys were probably a little rusty and because there were a lot of loose tires across the board. So, yeah. Well, he's another one that's going to have to drive his way up because he'll be starting in 26th place. Same with really William Byron and uh, Cole Custer and maybe even Christopher Bell. I think those guys are going to work their way back up to the front and um, I think I'm very excited to see how that turns out. Yeah, it'll be it'll be really interesting. All right, so that's Wednesday night, and then one of our favorite days of the year, the Sunday before Memorial Day, the biggest racing day of the year. Do you know how many miles on a normal year are raced on that Sunday? Take it's a, take a guess. Normally, I believe it's normally 1100, but if there there are a few extra races, so I believe there's it's like 1600. So there's three big races that happen that 1600 day. miles. All right, 1600, what do you think? Um 1200. 1200? Anybody else? 1300. 1300? Karen? 1260. <laughs> you reading the <laughs> It's on the paper. <laughs> I forgot. Yes. Okay, so Johan, Price is Right rules. He actually is the closest. You were over. You were over. Well, mom got it exact, but we're not going to count her because she read it yeah, right off the get, get out. Get out. But Johan, that's a very good guess. 1,200. It's 1,260. It's the uh, 160 miles at the Monaco Grand Prix. And that race is usually early in the morning. And uh, our uncle Kevin usually watches that race that was that's his that's his big race and he'll he's get actu- up in he's the actually gotten me into monaco like, and he yeah got you he's, he's a huge F- f1 fan and i think for the past couple years right giovanni we've gotten up at like eight or nine in the morning on sunday yeah i'm always excited to watch monaco watching monaco yep. so, so the normal normal memorial day weekend we would watch that race unfortunately that race has been postponed so i'm not sure exactly when but it's not happening i think it might have actually just been canceled this year then uh, you have the Indianapolis 500, the classic race, and that happens noon on that same Sunday, and we usually watch it. Although my intention every year is to watch that entire race and the 600, and for whatever reason, something comes up. One year, we were doing I forget. We were at a dealership for most of it because we were trying to buy a car and we ended up not buying a car so that was a complete waste of time another time you were helping someone move i was helping someone who moves on that day but whatever i had to help somebody move and so i always miss that 500 there was it's just and then of course unfortunately this year 
it was postponed. When it was a postponed till? It's probably going to be in August. They haven't given a specific date, but August is when they're going to do it. So August is this year's Indianapolis 500. I was disappointed with um, last year's finish. Of the Indianapolis 500? Yeah. Who won that race? Uh, I think it was one of the Penske drivers, but I really wanted um, Alexander Rossi to win. And he was, was he up there, wasn't he? Yep. And what happened? He just got passed by this Penske driver. On the last lap? For those of you who didn't know, Roger Penske, team owner of NASCAR Team Penske, um, Indy um, Team Penske, and a few other uh, racing sports, is actually the owner of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and the entire Indy Cup car series. He purchased it last year. That is pretty interesting. And again, his first Indy 500, not going to happen until August. Fortunately for us, though, there's at least the 600 this year. And that's our favorite race, of course. And so we're super excited. It's still going to happen this year. This is definitely one of my favorite races of the year. The Coca-Cola 600 to me just means holiday. And it's like I said, it's that long holiday weekend. And on top of that, it's the one time of the year that we have an entire day of racing. We do not discriminate when it comes to racing. We love all kinds of racing, even though we are NASCAR fans. But we do enjoy the F1 race and the Indy race. But we all do know the best drivers in the entire world drive in the NASCAR Cup Series. And with that, we're going to move on to our next segment. And now it's Tony's Six Degrees of NASCAR, where Tony tries to connect pop culture with NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation. All right, so this week, Sebastian, who are we trying to connect to NASCAR in less than six degrees of separation? You will connect the emperor himself, Ian McDermott, to NASCAR. Love the impersonation. Ian McDermott, otherwise known as Emperor Palpatine. That's your Emperor Palpatine? Yep. All right, well, we want to That sounds like again. a tough one. That was, a, all right, it was actually pretty tough. So I actually had to do a little research on this one, but I actually am impressed and I'm pretty excited to share this one. So we'll see what we can do. All right. So Ian McDermott, he is a Scottish actor. He's born in Scotland, right? He attended Queens College, which at the time when he went there was part of the University of St. Andrews. If you know anything about professional golf, the British Open occasionally is played at St. Andrews. So I'm thinking maybe there's a connection with golf, pro sports, Matt couldn't find one. Then I started thinking, Ian McDermott. Well, who else was in The Rise of Skywalker? Billy D. Williams. Billy D. Williams. Who does he play? Lando. Lando Calrissian. Billy D. Williams, big-time actor and also a dancer. He was on Dancing with the Stars. Uh, when? In 2014, I think it was. It was season 18. You know who won that year? Meryl Davis, the Olympic ice dancer. Do you remember that? Okay. Do you know who else was on the same show with Billy D. Williams? Drew Carey. The actor, the comedian, the host of The Price is Right. Oh, wow. And you know what else Drew Carey hosted in 2015? NASCAR race up? The NASCAR awards show in Las Vegas. Close enough. When who won the championship? 
Kyle, Kyle Bush. Bush. <laughs> but wait, there's a little bit more, and it's another Bush connection. This past year, uh, in December of 2019, Kurt Bush actually filmed a segment for The Price is Right that aired in February. That is how you connect Ian McDermott to NASCAR. So we've got Memorial Day weekend. We talked a little bit about that. The Coca-Cola 600 is coming up on Sunday. What are our plans for this weekend? It's obviously we've talked a lot about COVID-19. I don't want to belabor that anymore. But the reality is we can't have our normal holiday gatherings and, and can't have a big gathering. We are going to we are going to have uh, our immediate family and we're just going to grill and, and, and chill and, and hang out uh, for this weekend. And we're thankful that we actually get some live racing. And then we're going to have Monday. So uh, what are you guys looking forward to this Memorial Day weekend? I'm looking forward to the fact that this will be the final weekend before school ends. I'm honestly really excited again for school to be over. And I uh, I think it's going to give us, with school over, I think it's going to give us a little bit of time to clear over things um, and, you know, maybe do some stuff you wanted to do over, over school time, but you couldn't because you were so busy with school. So I think that's going to help us out a lot. Okay. So do some projects. You're more aggressive than me. Johan, what are you excited about this Memorial Day weekend? Mm, to eat good stuff and... um. What good stuff? Like um, grill stuff. Grill stuff, like cheeseburgers and, and chicken and corn. Well, Will there be watermelons? Probably, yeah. Yes. What about peppers? Fried peppers. Yeah, we'll probably do some fried peppers. And then watch the Coke 600 and do... Of course, watch Coke 600. And do my um, and usual... And drink Coca-Cola. And then um do my tradition. Every Sunday I do my NASCAR race with my um toy cars. Yes. We're gonna have to talk more about that in a future episode and actually post some pictures of you doing your car racing uh on the on the podcast. I think that'll be kind of cool. Aside from the race and the food, I'm looking forward to Two days off because Monday's Memorial Day, which means boys don't have school and Tony and I don't have work. So before we uh, turn it over to, uh, oh my gosh, I'm going to say Johan again. <laughs> so before we turn it over to Giovanni, who's only sitting across from me, and I've actually known him longer than Johan, you would think I would get his name right and not him. I'm 12. He's seven. I know. I'm messing this up here, man. Um, I actually wanted to shout out one of my favorite racing websites, jski.com. You guys were a little bit surprised because I actually had pulled it up to get some stats on the racing. They had apparent they have apparently reopened their website. Yeah, so it's very exciting. They at one point were a part of ESPN. Now they're they're back up and running, and you get great information on the NASCAR, all the NASCAR series, but obviously we get a lot of stuff on the cup races, um, what's going on. Uh, some of the silly season. So basically when the drivers are potentially rumored to different teams and what paint schemes are going to look like. So just a great site. I've always, it's very easy to navigate and find the information you want. So we I used got to some use the them stats. to get our information on like practices yes. for our NASCAR fantasy. Yes. Yeah. For NASCAR <laughs> That's how we should figure that out. up again. That's what we figured, how we, should, we would yeah, figure now, out who. Now the J-Ski's back our drivers are here to do the NASCAR uh, uh, fantasy, fantasy racing. So, uh, so anyway, pretty cool shout out to jski.com. I think if you're a race fan or you're new to NASCAR, check it out. If you want to, you know, just see stats on, on all the racing that's going on in the NASCAR series. 
that's going to wrap up today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening on it. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell down there that we get notified whenever we upload a brand new episode. But let's go, racing family. Out. <laughs>